0: What'd you do a twelve year old just like threw a six pack up on the counter and like <laughs> and uh pack of marbreds and a playboy? <laughs> this is my lavish mic, blam. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to the Blind Tiger Podcast, your one-stop shop for beer news, reviews, and all things brews. I am your host, the man who doesn't believe in hot drinks, even in winter, Rob Fisher. With me, as always, is Mike Cortical Node Albright. And of course, the man who can make the sizzle of summer sound like the winter silence, the man far, far too handsome for a frozen fatality, jesse clark today is june 10th 2014 and we're recording episode 56 sub zero for more information on any of the segments from today's show visit our new and improved website at www.blindtigerpodcast.com like us on facebook follow us on twitter or subscribe to the show on itunes our podcast is available on stitcher and we have moved our entire catalog of episodes over to soundcloud as well we provide news reviews and just about anything involving brews. don't miss out and subscribe today So summer is back in full force, and while the brutal temperatures of late August have not yet come upon, the daily temperatures are peaking in the mid-80s, a.k.a. grandparent age. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) To help beat the summer heat, we gathered in our studio, or really just outside of our studio, to celebrate the best thing since the black and tan, the beer float. But before we throw ice cream in our beer, or is that putting beer in our ice cream, we wanted to discuss this week's opening question. If you were to float in a beer this summer... Which would it be? So I'm gonna start with Mike
0: all right If I were to float in a beer, I'd make it I'd like to make it as fountain like as possible. Ooh. I imagine me aloft on a creamy bed of carbonated goodness. and for that all I need is any old fizzy light beer and mentos. Yeah, <laughs> yes, mentos because the Yes, as we all know, adding a little of the fresh maker to any carbonated beverage causes a chain reaction forcing said beverage out of the narrow opening at the top. Now the reaction wouldn't be nearly as spectacular as adding them to diet soda. <laughs> technical difficulties. But, no, it's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. But any carbonated beverage will froth and foam if mint candy is added. Apparently, Winto Green Lifesavers also work. That was the original Mentos. Kids mm-hmm. were doing that back in the 80s, and then uh, Lifesavers actually made the uh, Lifesavers wider than the opening of sodas, a uh, uh, bottle of sodas, so that they couldn't do that anymore.
2: They did that purposefully? Yes. Cool. Wait, what did they get out of not I mean, you figure they would
0: sell more. Like oh yeah. cool we can have this other purpose. I think that's what Mentos thought. They're like no we're gonna roll with this because <laughs> nobody really buys Mentos anymore. But all of a sudden like our sales shot up by probably three thousand percent because
1: it's because their adorable commercials stopped.
0: Yeah it's true. What was it like running around on the beach? Yeah yeah was that it was uh yeah fresh
1: something blah blah Mentos. We got to YouTube that classic Mentos commercial.
0: all right. But anyway, uh, actually, what I would do is I would line up four cases worth of Miller or whatever happened to be on sale, and I would drop in 96 Mentos all at once, and I would ride that corn wave on my cornhole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my. That might be a little more forceful than you were intending, Mike. Yeah,
0: yeah. That was a bit risky, that last sentence. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, Mike, you it uh, on the edge there. Yeah, really? But yeah, man, like, so it's it's sort of floating, but more like being propelled by beer. Oh, I yeah, like it. It's like a beer cannon. I went in a similar vein, but we'll hear from Jesse first.
2: Really? Because I was thinking of a couple different ways. I wasn't sure how to take this. I mean, maybe I should take this to where I would be tubing. Like I should get like a beer that I like to float down the river t- on. Mm-hmm. But then, that's not my style. I think I'm more of a relaxed guy. I'm more of like a... A spa guy. Oh. So I imagine myself in like a bubbly jacuzzi of beer with like, instead of, you know, you, where they do that thing where they throw fruit on your face, right? So I went for a cucumber. I, Cigar City is a cucumber saison. Yeah. And Ooh. I want something with heavy, with, with, the, with the carbonation to give me the jacuzzi effect and just like mm. and bubbles. Yeah. I just wanted to massage my body as this cucumber is just like, I don't know. What? I don't know what cucumbers do with this really, what the fuck do they do, but Help I just know pores. that I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but we know that that carbonation, those jets, will just exfoliate my ass, and it'll be <laughs> so nice.
1: That's the beer that I would float down. We did several months ago report on a, on a place in Europe that you can go and you can sit in a hot tub full of it's like a bathtub full of Not beer, but all of the ingredients that would make beer. So it's like all the malts. Oh, that's right. I remember, yeah. yeah. You would just get
2: a little spoon and like dip it down. And and you got to drink all the
1: beer out of your own personal tap system while you were there for an hour.
2: Not the beer (laughs) out of the tap. No? sounds really obscene.
1: (laughs) 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 But no, you got a a tap. You can fill up your beer and drink it while sitting
0: (laughs) in essentially what would be wort, which is kind of weird. Like basically a giant mash tun. That's what you're saying? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Kind of. Actually, there's been times I've wanted to climb into that thing, so that's not a bad idea. It smells so wonderfully, yeah. Oh, yes,
2: it does. We were just there. So
1: So for me, I was going just where Jesse was going before he turned left. So for me, when it comes to floating in summer, there's really (laughs) only one thing that springs to mind. Tubing. While many a person might imagine lying serenely on a pool raft and soaking in the sun, this is not the image that comes to mind for me. I prefer having surprisingly sharp rocks bludgeon my ass, (laughs) dodging fallen trees and branches with far less agency than one would hope for, and attempting to right a top-heavy inner tube while being thrown over surprisingly harsh rapids. All this without discarding the most precious of cargo, my beer. Though if, in some magical parallel universe, the stream itself was built not from mud and silt and rock, but stainless steel and glass, if the flotsam in the water wasn't questionably toxic, but floating pretzels and chips, (laughs) Mm. if the river itself was an unending supply of not water, but beer, then I would truly be in heaven. And if these streams were to be filled with beer, there's only one beer that comes to mind, something so decisively refreshing, so cool to the throat, and so undettingly deniably lovely, that swimming in it might feel like going home. And that of course would be a Beach's Purple Haze. Uh. Not a surprising answer, but if I were to sit at the base of God's koozie, <laughs> mouth wide, in a futile attempt to dam the stream, then the only beer I'd want to guzzle would be Purple Haze. So incredibly refreshing as a sessionable wheat beer, with a hint of raspberry tartness and sweetness, it lets you drink all day and keep going strong." Oh, this sounds like a dream you had. Yeah. <laughs> well, when Jessica got there, I stopped and thought about it. It was like, if I would sit at the base of God's koozie, which for listeners, there is a... Um tubing route that we normally take on Pequay Creek, and there is a set of rapids that empties up into a very nice sizable uh, swimming hole, and you can climb back up onto these rapids from this swimming hole, and sit in there and just have water rush over you, and it's been nicknamed God's Koozie, because it does sort of feel like you're in touch with the Lord while you have uh, huge quantities of of, uh, icy mountain water just rushing over you in this hot, hot sun, and I thought if that was... Purple haze, and I could just turn around and drink that at leisure. It would be amazing. You
2: know, I th- maybe it's because it's so loud. But I thought he because when you're there and the water's rushing around you, it's pretty loud. You can't hear people. But I thought he, I thought it was called God's jacuzzi. Well, it's short for. God's jacuzzi. Okay, because okay. koozie is something you put around your, you know, your beer or whatever, like a
1: koozie. Like, yeah, like, right? like another... this is Peckway Township, man. We don't actually enunciate. <laughs> we don't enunciate words. syllables.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: It's got too many <laughs> syllables. If it has more than two, <laughs> you city folk up here up north, uh, north of the Mason Dixon, maybe
0: <laughs> have full words. But we down in Peckway Township, uh, I was at a bonfire party last Friday and I used the word triumvirate, <laughs> much to my chagrin. <laughs> Sorry, I thought Flotsam might be getting a little big, but uh, yeah. Well, with that.
1: Let's move on to a little beer news. Beer news. So, Mike, you're going to handle the national, and I got the international. Awesome.
0: All right, national news. Uh, Snoop Dogg has his mind on his money, and his money on his mind, or what he hopes is his money. Snoop Dogg may be best known for his preponderance for gin and juice, but when beef eaters didn't want to pony up, the Paps Company stepped in. The rapper recently ended a spokesman agreement with Pabst after repping Colt 45 and their new Four loco derivative called Blast. Between 2011 and 2014, Snoop Dogg hosted parties and made appearances at events sponsored by the Blue Ribbon Company. While relations were good during the contractual period, Snoop Dogg is alleging that Pabst has since violated a clause of their contract and is suing for damages and money he believes is owed to him. It turns out, in all the fine print, Snoop had an agreement where if Blast were to be sold, he would be entitled to 10% of the selling price of that subsidiary. Parent company Paps was bought outright for $700 million last year, and Paps is countering by saying that essentially since Blast was not sold itself, it did not trigger the clause." So I guess this is going to come down to probably whatever legalese is in that contract. But
1: yeah, it really all comes down to like the very specific language of these sorts of things. Um, the article that I read about it was much shorter, and I thought it was interesting that like he got paid for like every 10th mention of Blast at like really? concert or social media.
0: <laughs> Who's keeping track of all that? I don't
1: know how you do that, but like yeah, if he tweeted and he put Blast in there every 10th time, he like got a chunk of change for that. <laughs> or if he was at a concert and he was like, "Dude, everybody, this is awesome. Drink Blast." Then he would get paid for every X time he did that. So like what I find interesting about this is is some some of the advertising deals in there that you would just think that like Celebrities. Oh, I really like this thing. It's like, no, you're probably getting paid to say that, and the more you say it, probably the better it is for you. So it was definitely weird deals, but um, yeah. I my <laughs> understanding is Snoop Dogg or Snoop Lion, as he wants to be known now. Um, <laughs> that's a freaking empire. That dude makes like ten grand a day, like ten grand a day on like stickers and merchandising alone. Like he yeah. doesn't ever have to work again. No. and Snoopy my sister, dog, doggy. My sister works for yeah, Hot yeah, Snoop, Pockets, Snoop, Snoop and she said doggy doggy. that like he works <laughs> for literally pennies on the dollar. Because he loves Hot Pockets so much <laughs> that he's just like, pay me in goddamn Hot Pockets. Give me like a grand and a bunch of Hot Pockets, and I will I will be in a commercial for you. She said, Kate Upton was an absolute nightmare and was like super expensive. And Snoop Dogg was like, I'm in it for the Hot Pockets, goddamn. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That's how you know you have a real fan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. exactly. None of this, mention it 10 times get a thing. That That is a legitimate endorsement for sure.
0: All I know is I got to find a can of blast for our next slum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I've never seen this before. Well, Mike, tell us about babies in New Hampshire. Okay. So, New New Hampshire vetoes a law that would have allowed babies to drink. Actually, what happened was New Hampshire Governor Maggie Hassan. Hassan? Hanson? Hassan? I do <laughs> Vetoed a law giving more leeway to the beer label approval process that the state's Liquor Commission conducts. As it stands, the state will not approve any label that it deems as advertising to minors or promoting underage drinking. If the bill had passed, the commission could possibly review some of the beers that do not pass its stringent moral codes. And one of those beers that one cannot purchase in the state of New Hampshire is Founders Popular Breakfast Stout. Mm, good beer. Yeah, you can buy it all around. You can buy Maine, Vermont, New York, but you can't buy it in New Hampshire, and that reason is because it is barred from being sold due to its use of a young toddler on its label. Oh, whoa, that's bullshit! If you uh, can remember, it's basically a young kid, like with little, a bib. Oh, yeah, with a bib, drink, uh, eating oatmeal. I believe it is. These
1: cute little chubby cheeks, mm-hmm.
0: and the governor, so they
2: think that's promoting. Like children yes. are going to want to drink that. Like, well, I see a baby on that. Because he's eating oatmeal. Yeah, <laughs> and
0: since it's on a beer, you know, people might. Get the wrong impression. So the governor issued a statement on why she vetoed the bill. Quote, substance misuse, including alcohol misuse, continues to be one of the major public health and safety challenges facing us as a state. Moreover, statistics suggest that New Hampshire has among the highest rates of underage drinking in the country.
1: Among toddlers?
0: (laughs) (laughs) From 8 to to 88.
1: Because it's freezing and boring up there. No offense to New Hampshire listeners if we even have any, but like... It's cold most of the year. Like,
0: I can understand why you drink. That's why the Russians drink all the time. It, Stay warm. Especially for the don't tread on me state, like, live for your die state. Like, I yeah. mean, if they want their kids to drink, I'm surprised they're not like, let's let them. I mean, that's like the libertarian state. It's like, yeah. and they literally are encouraging all libertarians to move
1: to New Hampshire to mm-hmm. take it over as a libertarian state. So that is really weird.
0: So the representative who sponsored the bill uh, and who also had financial incentive for it to pass, as he owns a bar, contends that no reason. Well, actually, he said he's like, I own a bar and I want to sell this beer here. Uh-huh. Uh, contends that no reasonable person would quote no uh, no uh, would believe that this uh, the breakfast out label is intended to appeal in, to minors in any way. So I think that's totally wrong logic. I feel like if they're gonna bitch
1: about this. The argument should be that adults would see the label and think it's appropriate for children, not that it's attempting to appeal to minors. Because this is a big thing. Most TTB label approvals go through because when is a child under the age of 21 in states like Pennsylvania and others going to see the label? Because you have to be over 21 to get into a place to even see the label in the first place.
2: That's so very true. I mean, There's such a limit on... How what beer can advertise on television or other medium? Right. So it's like the kids will should
1: should never see these advertisements. It right. should never appeal to them. It would be like selling cigarettes exclusively in strip clubs. Like advertise whatever you want because there's no way a kid under the age of eighteen is going to go in there to buy the fucking cigarettes. Like you have to be over twenty one to get your hands on the beer. And at that point, how is it going to encourage a minor to drink? Because the minor never sees the baby on the bottle.
0: Well, I guess. In this state, that would be true, but I guess New Hampshire is one of the states where, like, you know, any grocery store or oh, maybe that's true. You know, roadside Road market has beer, <laughs> right? They can't buy it, but I guess you know they might see it and want to buy it. I don't know. Mm, I don't know.
2: Well, regardless, Seems they can't. Like, <laughs>
0: like specious logic. So, uh, yeah. what would you do? A twelve-year-old just like threw a six-pack up on the counter and like. <laughs> And, uh, this is my allowance money, kablam! <laughs> this is my, yeah, my lunch money here. <laughs> Pack of Marbreads, and the Playboy.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying at 12 years old that wouldn't have been my dream, but um, yeah, <laughs> that when I had my first beer I wasn't exactly super excited about it. Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to a little exciting international news. So Brew Dogs is apparently finalizing a deal for a Columbus, Ohio location. <laughs> So, America is living in the midst of a craft beer renaissance. Our breweries are creating not only beers of unrivaled quality, but beers that push the boundaries of taste and comfort. Traveling to Europe, as Mike and I have done somewhat recently, you discover that while Europe has an unequaled history when it comes to beer, most Europeans just want a lovely lager. The Scottish brewery Brewdogs has been forging the way for Atlantis beer across the pond. They are doing American-style craft beer outside of America. From their television show to their insane beers like Tactical Nuclear Penguin, a 32% ABV beer served in a goddamn 12-ounce bottle, they are bringing uh, big guns to a knife fight and killing the competition. It seems now that they are about to settle on bringing their beers to the colonies, specifically Columbus, Ohio. I have no idea why they picked this particular location, given the tons of other great cities. But it is a deal. Uh, but if the deal goes through, it means Ohio will have one more jewel in its crown, and will be a heck of a lot closer to getting BrewDog's beers. So, cheerio! Nice.
0: Yeah. Why? Why Columbus?
1: Cleveland seems to be like the fucking beer city out there because it's close to like Akron and stuff, and they have a lot of good stuff going down there. But yeah, Columbus is just sort of like, all right, did you realize that there are like 30 awesomer cities within like a couple hours' drive than that? <laughs> But nice. I don't know. Hey, man, it's within a couple hours away from here. So hopefully we get distribu- distribution because they certainly are brewing in large quantity. Okay.
0: Yeah. So this is actually like a brewing location, not like a, yeah. okay, a store or anything. Well, well excellent.
1: nothing is technically finalized yet, but they are pretty close. I guess there's a couple of like, you know, dotted lowercase J's and cross your T's and whatnot mm-hmm. to be left. And then. um, Dot your J's. Yeah. It's from Wayne's World where the guy has a weird eye and he goes, I'll have to cross the T's and dot my lowercase j because <laughs> he doesn't say eyes because the guy's <laughs> got a creepy eye <laughs> <laughs> um
0: so well, yeah I, I i look forward to that that's awesome yeah that would be cool if we could
1: go to a brew dogs location because when i was there in in london it was freaking ridiculous um it was like a it was truly a breath of fresh air to walk in there and be like oh <gasps> A highly carbonated, strongly hopped, flavorful beer. Yeah. This is like strange and weird, and it's cold. You know, <laughs> it's definitely a different environment. So I like, I liked it a lot. And tactically, the penguin will knock you on your fucking ass. Thirty-two <laughs> percent, man. They are yeah. not fucking around. That's more than wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fucking whiskey man. So, another uh, in international news: thirteen things pub goers do to piss off their staff. Uh, so I thought this would go well as a companion piece to last week's sample set. Last week, we sat down with the infamous John Flavin <laughs> to promote a side of craft beer that isn't often discussed, but what is what it's like to be behind the bar. This week, we found an article in the York Press. Not our county neighbors, but the original York in the UK. They offered 13 things their customers do that piss off bartenders. I thought it would be an interesting comparison. So, Dermot, please. Number one, don't wave your money around or put it on the bar. All right, Hitch yeah, Flavin we've said seen that. that. Yep. Don't ask for a beer that's not there. Oh, we've really. Well, apparently, like selection is, is in a lot of places is, is limited in, in bars in England, and you have several of them that are like England's best or the best of England, or you know, uh, London's best, and that they're all basically small varieties of the same beer. So, I imagine if you walk in and you're like, "Hey, I'd like a." Miller, and they're like, "Well, we're a Bud place. Like, don't be an asshole. Know that you know what that is ahead of time. Like, don't go in and ask for a beer that doesn't exist, hmm. huh? It like here we have it, where like the major brands are fucking everywhere, yeah. omnipresent. But there, there is some segregation that way, and you shouldn't walk in. I, and well, comes- I guess
2: if you go into a McDonald's and you ask for a Whopper, <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of an asshole, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so number
1: three is don't try to be the jukebox." <laughs> So this is apparently, and I guess it's a larger problem over there than it is here, Thank but this God. wasn't about like trying to control the touch tunes. This was like literally setting up your laptop or your, your phone on the bar and blasting crappy YouTube videos as loud as possible to entertain the patrons. God, that would be terrible i hope that does not catch on yeah here. exactly yeah. don't be the goddamn dj we yeah.
2: already have enough of that like people walking down the street with their cell phones doing that yeah it's really i don't obnoxious. need to hear your music
1: i mean the ghetto blaster at least was cool you got it on your shoulder it was ginormous like you had yeah, to work for to it, it. Yeah. yeah yeah and you knew they were deaf by the end of the day <laughs> <laughs> you, know, they,
2: they, you knew they were having tini- tinnitus they were poor issues because
1: they were paying like 30 bucks a day for double <laughs> d <D'd>. yeah <D-band laughs> So, number four, don't tear up the beer mats, or what we would call coasters. Uh, I'm so apparently, guilty of that. Yeah. Uh, that's a big you problem. You tear them up? Yeah, every now and then. What, so you grab
0: them and just try to rip Some, them in Sometimes hand. I just, yeah, I gotta do something with my hands, or I'm just, you know, so yeah, I tear them up, or I play with them for sure. I shuffle them a lot. Uh, number five, don't treat the public house like a public toilet. This is a big thing in what Europe. They,
2: they just like pee on. In keep, the keep the
0: pee in the to- in the toilet, essentially. Yeah, in the loo. Oh, I thought it was more like in Europe. It's like they don't like when people just go in to use the bathroom in places. They oh, no, they want you to do at
1: least buy something. Uh, gotcha. Oh, yeah, that might actually have been in the, the case. water closet. Yeah, in yep. the WC. So yeah, but, and I know I understand that, but at the same time, like, there's been times when I'm walking around and I'm like, gotta gotta go, yep. and you know, you don't want to be an asshole, but better than peeing in public, especially if you get caught. So number six was, don't order the Guinness last. takes the longest to pour, so order that first. Um, that way, the, the bartender can start pouring it, cut it off, do the other drinks, and then come back when the carbonation has, has died down a little bit. Um, number seven is, and this is an interesting one, because I don't think we really have this a lot in the United States, is don't h- ignore house rules. So, the, the example here was that if a bar has a no-swearing policy, fucking don't swear. <laughs> <laughs> Like, taken. R- yep. It's it's a business, and they don't have to serve you, so don't be a goddamn jackass about whatever the rules are.
0: I like house rules. I feel like we should do that more here.
1: We should. I mean, there are like unwritten ones. Like The fridge is always like, hey, line up behind, and don't oh, come yeah. up to the register immediately and stuff. But um,
0: no, in general, it's not
1: like they're going to kick you out for having a sailor's mouth, you know? I like house rules when it comes Heck, uh, to like Rummy
2: and other games. We're like, no, the two can't follow the A's, But f- Oh, yeah. You know, and you're
1: just... like, hey, it's my house. I'll do what
0: I want. Yeah. Oh, did you guys ever play 31? You were playing it last
1: night, but I know, I know I'm losing, losing a lot experience. of money at 31, but it's a fun game. <laughs> <laughs> is it really if you're losing a set of money? Uh, so, number eight was don't order one drink at a time or order really slowly. And I can understand that. And that's got to be freaking universal. Um, number nine is don't complain if a guest beer runs out. If you got there and it turns out that that tired hands tap is done. That ain't on the bar's fault. That turns out that you were too slow to get there to enjoy it. A guest beer. Well, so there is like a difference over there where more and more places are starting to become like craft beer pubs where they have a selection. But a lot of places you get like Foster's, the local mainstream beer, maybe like one or two other like pretty mainstream beers. And then maybe you get like a craft beer or like similar to a craft beer. Really? But England gets an Australian beer. Yep, that, their Budweiser is, is founder, every, or uh, Fosters, Foster's yeah. everywhere we were. It was Fosters, Foster's, really? Fosters, Fosters, Fosters. Yeah, freaking everywhere. Seems like revenge. It does kind of <laughs> seem like revenge, yeah. yeah. Who's, who's in charge of what monarchy now, buddy? <laughs> um, so number 10, very simple. Don't be rude. Yeah, it's simple. I feel like that could be uh, stretched out to all of them. Just don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Um, number 11, don't assume you know better than the landlord. This was specifically like don't tell a guy how to run his bar, which... Or woman, how to run his bar, their bar, um, totally on board with that. Like uh, a lot of this came down to like talking about tap lines or clean glasses or whatever else. Like it's not your goddamn house. Like, that is you a British a
2: thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> to tell you how to run something. Like <laughs> shut up. Like no one around here like tells you how to run the business. Like we'll complain yeah, about certain things, something. but not about how to run the business. That I imagine true. You,
1: know, you know, a British wanker would do. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Uh, number twelve is don't expect the landlord to be psychic. So don't expect them to know when your your class is empty and that you need more beer. Don't expect them to know that you're hungry. Don't expect them to know when you want to go home. Hmm.
2: I think the bartender should know when your beer is empty. That's, well, I guess kind of if, of
1: if you're literally sitting at a table, then perhaps. But okay. it, or if you're sitting at the bar, yes. If you're at a table, maybe not so much, but um, or don't know, just don't tap on a glass and expect them to remember because you ordered a beer thirty minutes ago that you know what it is to refill and that kind of stuff. Which I can understand. Especially if it's crowded. Like, I'm often impressed when I go up to a bar and I like tell us, and it's a crowded night and there's like 400 people there. And I pop up and I'm like, and they're like, you want another Ithaca. And I'm like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. You remember me from like 20 minutes ago saying I wanted a uh, flower power or whatever? And they somet- sometimes, not often, but sometimes they remember. And I'm just like, that is a savant skill that I can't possibly imagine. You understand. know what, though? I mean, that's your
2: job. Like, like, so when I was doing sound and I would work with like a thousand bands a year. I would remember the guitar amps that that the different guitarists had. It was just like this is your job. Like I n- had to know that this guy had a Marshall or this guy had a Mesa or this was Orange or it was a Vox or whatever it was. It's like I look at the guy I'm like, oh, I remember what guitar you had, what guitar amp you had, because it, it was nice. like that was my job. I did work with sound. It was just like these are the.
1: That's cool if you can. I just don't think I don't have an expectation that everybody sh- would off the top of your head, especially when it's like hundred people clamoring at a bar in a night. But, cool when they do. I give them preps. I think the Brits are just whining here. Could be. (laughs) number 13, don't be your freeloader. So, don't come in and just eat all the peanuts and drink water all night. Or, don't expect your friends to buy you rounds all night long.
2: And if you're a colony, don't rebel.
1: (laughs) 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 Pay us our goddamn taxes without representation, you sons of bitches. We do
2: not like civil wars. (laughs) Thanks. Or revolutionary wars, if you should win.
1: So essentially, all these things come down to one simple rule, which is, I think, a, a good life rule, which is, don't be a goddamn dick. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, go to the bar, have a good time, just don't be an asshole to the people who are serving you. Um, and I so it was pretty funny. I feel like Flavin would have been like, "Mm hmm, mm hmm," the whole way through. So good to know that uh, assholes exist on both sides of the Atlantic, <laughs> and uh, we do not have a monopoly on them as that, much as the rest of the world might suggest we do.
2: That would have been good to have brought that up during our interview with him. Like, well, what do you think about like international? We'll have to remember this for like next time we interview other bartenders. Yeah, we can like, bring up
1: that list specifically. Yeah, yeah. So with that, let's move on to a uh, joy of beer cooking, beer ice cream edition. So Mike, take us away.
0: So I found a very cool article uh, about a lady called Louise Emrick and she works for America's Test Kitchen, Cooks Illustrated. It's a very uh, reputable how-to of cooking. Basically uh, they're sort of like the Mythbusters of cooking. Anytime there might be like some sort of like old, old wives tale or sort of idea of how to go about things, they'll actually sit down and like break it down, test it any which way possible and determine what the best way to do it is. Like, how do you get that great sear on a steak, or how do you keep your chicken juicy? Mm-hmm. And uh, this woman decided, hey, I want to make beer ice cream. And basically, she found the best way to do it was to first start and by buying a very full-bodied, delicious beer. Don't really get something that's sort of like, you know, smooth or weak on taste. You want something that actually is full-flavored, like a barley wine or an old old English ale. Fuck you, Bud Light. Yeah. (laughs) Something like that, like a nice, deep, heavy stout. And what you're going to do is you're going to buy that beer, uh, uh, can or bottle, Uh, you're going to want to reduce it, and basically she found that the best uh, ratio was reducing about half of it. So just take uh, whatever you have, pour half of it into the pan, and reduce it down. Uh, I think she said, let's see, you want to do it about by half. So basically you want to take about six ounces of beer, take that down to about three. And you're gonna pour it back into that original other six ounces that you have, and then you're g- gonna add a secret ingredient, generally oh. vanilla. Ooh. Yeah, vanilla is gonna like always just highlight that taste a little bit more. Now, obviously, it's gonna depend on the beer that you're using, but you know if you're using something sweeter, heavier, like uh, old ale or barley wine, yeah, that vanilla is gonna really help. And then you're just gonna start making ice cream uh, the old-fashioned way. She prefers a custard. She thinks that mm. it's just an overall nicer, creamier flavor, uh, which basically is ice cream with egg and then uh, just add it all together, uh, make the ice cream, and then you can uh, top it off and then uh, maybe pair it with uh, the beer that you originally used or maybe a different one. But that's, uh, she said, how she found the best way to make a, a really actual good beer flavored ice cream. I'm sold. Yeah, Yeah. let's do this. Because I know, uh, well, Yingling, I think, does not actually use beer in their ice cream. I think it's just sort of like old style oh. recipes, okay. whereas someone like Victory says they use the wort. Uh, it's not actually the finished product. It's more like the initial before they add the yeast and everything uh, that goes into their actual ice cream. But I'm sure a lot of other beer companies are probably jumping on this wagon, too. So. I can
1: imagine. Most especially yeah. for summer months. It's
0: amazing. So I've just been informed that we do actually know somebody with an ice cream maker. So we will have to try this sometime. Marissa? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I not think of that? I don't know. But.
2: Guess. First guess. Don't even need to.
1: Yeah. So. So our thought here is why we do not have our own homemade thing because we are not people who would be adventurous enough to try this. Mike was kind enough to buy some Yingling black and tan ice cream, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And I thought since uh, I don't think any of us here at the table have had that before, that perhaps we should grab that and do a little sample.
2: Sure. Should we
1: uh, get little bowls then? I guess. Oh yeah. Whenever we uh, go get that. <laughs> uh, cool.
0: Yeah. Have you ever read Cook's Illustrated?
1: No. It's a pretty cool periodical. I do like that um, the Cooking Issues podcast with uh, Dave Arnold. Um, he would probably turn this into like a three day, $700,000 worth of equipment <laughs> way to make beer ice cream because he's really nerdy about that kind of shit. But nice. um, um, I don't know if he, there's a ice cream bar across the street from his Booker and Dax that they make ice cream, flavored ice creams, but they go with like really non conventional flavors. So you can get stuff like butter or, like, Mm. goat cheese-flavored ice cream or wasabi ice cream or weird shit like that. So I'm not exactly sure um, that a lot of those ice creams would be good, but it's interesting that you can make them. Butter ice cream might actually be pretty decent. I don't know. Really decadent, but... I'm sure they have, like, good actual good flavors like double chocolate or, you know, something along those lines. Just in case. um, But they also have, like, weird things. I pair butter and double chocolate. Heyo! So I suggest we scoop it
0: with this. It's not that Ben and Jerry's bullshit where it's like half the size. This is a good cord, I think.
1: Ooh, oh, it's chocolate and vanilla. How about that? Or black and tan. Black and tan, yeah. Alright, so this spoon is the hearty spoon. Yeah. Mmm. So mmm. <laughs> <there. laughs> Keep it to one scoop because we've got plenty of beer yeah. floating this lane here.
0: Cool bowls, by the way.
1: Thank
2: you. Yeah. They belong to a dead woman Oh. I got
0: them. All right.
1: Creepy. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was. Uh, I was the only one. Like, I mm-hmm. didn't know that people cared. Like, okay, so the, um my lower neighbor died, and her mm-hmm. relatives like didn't want to claim anything that was left over. She was an old woman, <clears throat> and so the, they like basically gave it to the landlord. and Say, screw you. You have to take it, throw it all away. Mm-hmm. And so the landlord's like, "Do you want anything here?" And I'm like, "Sure, let me take a look." And I had no reservations with, oh
1: yeah, with should.
2: that. Mm-hmm. And other people did. Like they were like piling things outside on the on the stoop to be thrown away, and there were people walking by and saying like, "They're looking up." It's like, "You guys are throwing this away." They're like, "Yeah, no, I mean if you want it, you can have it." They're like, "Well, what's the situation?" I'm like, well, I mean, she's like, then it's like, then they said, "Did someone die?" And they're like, "Yeah," and they were like, "Well." No, let's just leave it. Mm. Like, they were leaving it. It's like, no, this is... It's not like it's cursed. It's not like our soul's in this bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. It's All pretty right. nice. So what do you guys think? Well, the tan is not tan. It's actually... I mean, the tan is not vanilla. It's something else. There's. I mean, there's vanilla in it, but... Caramel. Hmm. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is.
1: Yeah, the chocolate is really good. Oh gosh, this
0: is very nice ice cream. I'm kind of a little worried about my beer pairing now, but we'll
1: find out. Oh my god! See, when you said black and tan, originally I was going to go with like a Lindeman's framboise, yeah, another yeah. creek or something. Yeah, with a vanilla, I think that would be really tasty. With mm-hmm. this, I think it'd be an epic disaster. So yeah. I'm glad I changed I, it up.
0: If they had a vanilla, I would have went for it. This
1: is really good ice cream. Oh yeah! Oh my god, the tan is.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Ooh. I do love good caramel ice cream.
1: Yeah, that is tasty. Mix them together. Yeah. The combination is really good. The flavor
2: is great. If I'm going to be picky with ice cream, I'd say the texture is a little strange, but yeah. it's, it's not like great texture, it's kind of like a lower quality texture, but the flavor is really good. I mean, <clears throat> it's not like splits and giggles or anything. Hershey's knows what Which the fuck you Which is Hershey's, yeah. yeah. And I was just there today. Oh, oh, gosh. Nice. This is my second helping of ice cream. Uh-huh. Enjoying the summer Jesse, huh?
1: <laughs> so is my stomach. Mm. <laughs> No, Brad Um So during Prohibition, they sold this to keep the brewery going. And apparently they had, um, from the federal government, they were allowed to to brew and sell beer for medicinal, quote-unquote, purposes. Um, but but it's why, a, That's why I'm drinking it. Well, yeah, apparently <laughs> you could go to your doctor and your doctor could say, Hey, you're like, have hypertension, you need to go drink a beer a night or whatever. And you could go to the brewery and get a beer. Or a couple for like that week is part of your prescription, which is a really nice loophole around the whole prohibition thing. But uh, it's a very well known, and the Yingling tour will even wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that they were selling ice cream out of the ice cream parlor across the street. So. Now
2: this sounds suspiciously like the marijuana situation, where it's like, oh, I need like you know for the medicinal for medicinal only, and it's like, oh, this instead of ice cream, it's brownies, right. you know, or something like that. You know, it's. The the wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nudge
1: here is a uh, oh, totally a I mean, transparent. And <laughs> it's the only one of the reasons that well, it's probably one of the only reasons why they get to claim that they're the oldest brewery in the United States, old, oldest continuous brewery yeah. in the United States, because they managed to somehow you know uh, limp through prohibition and then get back up to full speed. So, um, but yeah, they pretty much admit that they did sell ice cream and were successful with it. It was the Engling brand, which is probably what these recipes are similar to. So you can't even claim like prohibition was like a timeout for everybody. Well, they wouldn't because they kept no. brewing during Yeah, that's why
2: they say they're the oldest. Yeah,
1: so I'm sure plenty of other breweries were like, F you, man, like, hey, we all had to, like, close down and open up again. But Yingling claims that they were the oldest continuous because they never closed down for Prohibition. <laughs> What's the statute of limitations on that? Can the federal <laughs> government kind of go back and be like, eh? Well, it's interesting. If you take the brewery tour they have, um, before there was refrigeration, because that's how fucking old they are, um, they, have, they actually drilled into the side of the mountain. So there are, like... Caves where they would keep the beer to a lager, because mm. obviously they're making a lager. So um, and there are literally like they still have a couple tunnels that are still bricked up from yeah. when Prohibition came in and they bricked up the tunnels so to that say old, you're huh? no longer yeah.
2: So like Ben Franklin came and installed their electric, you know, units. Uh, <laughs> I think like
1: eighteen some eighteen fifty something maybe, like a s- little after Civil uh, War maybe it's, it's
0: I'd say seventy something, eighteen seventy something.
1: So yeah, but it's they're surprisingly a lot older than you would think. Um, And it's been a family business, family-owned business for quite a while too. Oh, that's right. My sister-in-law is related to them somehow. I'm just remembering. Oh. Hmm. So this ice cream was delicious, guys. But that's not why we're here tonight. We're here for (laughs) beer versus beer, beer float edition.
2: Beer versus beer. Select the finest beer to pit in single combat for champion beer. Two beers enter, one beer leaves.
1: So probably about a year ago, I think we did this before, but we did it indoors in a in a sweaty and gross living room, our old studio. Uh, so, we decided this week that we were going to do it again outside, enjoy, and we were going to beat the heat, the currently 77 degree heat that we're in right now, in almost pitch blackness, with a little bit of beer and ice cream mixed together. So, the beer float is be- sort of coming back. I mean, beer floats have been around for a while, Coke floats kind of exist, but uh, the uh, the beer float is sort of uh, catching on in popularity. So, we figured We take a stab at taking some of this yin ice cream and mixing it with delicious beer to see if we could tempt Jesse into having way too many calories with Beer Floats, Beer Versus Beer.
2: Well, I'm glad our uh, episode last year of of Beer Floats brought it back, you know, it's... Such fatality here, so, so bring it back in such fashion.
1: I'm playing straight to the audience on this one. Uh, this beer <laughs> choice was selected specifically with you in mind. I was going to go real fruity if it was going to be an ice cream uh, vanilla beer, saying that a nice like cherry or raspberry might be a good flavor to go with the vanilla. But then when Mike said it was black and tan, I was going to be like, ooh, that might be a little bit too chocolatey. Mm. So I'm going to go knock it out of the park and basically suck off the Jesse's. <laughs> okay. uh, Mike, I don't know, is yours a harsh flavored beer? No, I wouldn't say say harsh. No. So then maybe we should go have you go first. Then. Okay.
0: Yeah, it sounds good. All, All right. right. Um, do you know, where is your beer in the fridge? Just in the fridge, yeah. Just in the fridge, okay. See, so, yeah, the black and tan, this is going to be interesting because...
2: <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, yeah, because those flavors, Are they, have, yeah. they mix well with each other. Yeah. <laughs> Can so you pick
0: which side you're going to mix it with? Like it's just black or just tan? If I could do that, yes, I would probably just do tan. <laughs> Actually, I don't know because I had my beer picked out and then I was like... I'll just go pick up the ice cream and. Yeah. Well, I approve, Mike. So, what do you think? I'm, am I screwed? Because I went with the IPA, not just any IPA—a grapefruit IPA. Yes, Ballast Point Sculpin IPA that we rave about so much on this show has a grapefruit IPA, and goddamn, is it delicious! <laughs> well,
2: we talked about the option. Maybe you can, if you want, you can pair it with just the black or the tan.
1: Oh, interesting! I'm going all out. I'm
2: going with both. <laughs> okay. I do like them both. But if you think, um, I mean, why not? Let's We can make the rules as we go. I probably want that.
0: Yeah, I'll take that.
2: And there's plenty of classware, hopefully, on this. Ow. Oh, oh.
0: ah, Jesus, your bottle opener is sharp and painful. <coughs> it's in the shape of a hop. Yeah. It's got corners. <laughs> corners. twenty parts. Gouges.
1: Get in there.
0: You loading
2: up the glasses with ice cream? Yes, he is.
0: Good Lord. <laughs> should <laughs> oh, like a little beer with your ice cream? <laughs> What's that? A little beer with your ice cream?
1: Yes, please. A little bit. Well, that's for Jesse. We can make him eat 6,000 calories today. <laughs> oh, I'll go jogging. I
0: One thing with beer floats, always pour very slowly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why the is ice that? Cream oh, it foams forms. up like Mentos and Diet Coke. Oh, really? Yeah, it yeah. goes nuts. What Jesse doesn't to- remember last year's episode, apparently. <laughs> what?
2: I don't know. What's chemically happening?
1: I don't know. I, uh, I assume the cold uh, agitates the uh, the bubbles, or maybe the sugar. I don't know. So uh, what 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 do I have here? So that is um, black and tan ice cream mixed with uh, Sculpin's grapefruit IPA. And this right. is Mike's combination. And I I don't know if it's gonna be good or bad or what, but I, I give him kudos for bravery on this <laughs> one. I uh, I'm very excited. I'm surprised how much of the grapefruit Sculpin I can actually get out of the the nose. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's there, but there's definitely like a nice chocolatey vanilla under flavor, under smell. Under under <coughs> smell. Under something. Hmm.
0: hmm.
2: Interesting.
1: This is actually not that... This They're is pretty actually good pretty good. Well, wings or beer or <laughs> ice cream? I got to say, it's actually a really nice flavor. Um, it's... You get the sweetness of the ice cream for sure, but then you get a nice hoppy bitter note to take it off. Um, but Ooh. it's not like... That's good brutal bitter yeah. that you would get from most strong IPAs. I think the grapefruit really kind of makes it. Sculpin, if you're listening, please send us, like, freaking 80 cases of goddamn grapefruit, Sculpin. There's oh, yeah. nothing this shit doesn't pair well with. Yeah, right. Except maybe hot wings, because it was better with the barbecue wings. But still, it pairs well with an amazing number of things. Mmm. You know, this is something I could fucking drink all day. This is ridiculous. This is tasty.
0: Mmm.
1: Yeah, it is. Oh, the straight ice cream is... Pretty good too when you when you get it out of the, um, the beer like you get like a nice bubbly harshness in your mouth which I enjoy and then it's overwhelmed by just straight ice cream but that was pretty really tasty
2: I'm resisting not eating it all to so have uh, some for a comparison here
1: Rob mm. I don't know how well my parents gonna be but you're gonna love the beer I know
2: that
1: <laughs> much <laughs> All right guys come on next one next one very good. <laughs> Enjoy ice cream while I talk about my beer. Hidden on the floor where no one can see it. And the pitch blackness of this glorious Wednesday night.
2: This is my glass. I had fluid in it, but you can reuse it. (sighs)
1: So this is from Brewery Omagong. It is part of their brewmaster's obsession series. And they describe it as the perfect marriage of coffee, beer, and chocolate. (laughs) I'm talking, of course, of Jomagong, which is a coffee stout brewed with chocolate nibs.
2: Can I try a little of that before you put it with the the, the ice cream? Uh,
1: Yeah. So apparently this beer begins as a multi-brown ale comprised of Belgian aroma, caramel malts, and oats. A bit of lactose adds body and some sweetness, and a heaping helping of cocoa nibs, and the Whirlpool provides a further richness and a deep chocolatey aroma. Hop aroma is non-existent and bitterness is there just to keep the sweetness in check." Uh, so yeah, this is pretty ridiculously, uh, you know, coffee and chocolate, so Jesse Made for Jesse.
2: Mm-hmm. I will uh, Here, just get, put a little on this glass here, and I'll
1: I'll just take the bottle and run away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which glass? Right there. Yeah. Uh... So my expectation was, with a darker beer That having something chocolatey and rich would would pair well. Apparently Mike has proven that that's not necessarily the only way to do this. Yeah. um, Which I am thoroughly impressed by. I'm going to take a little sip of this straight as well. Oh, this is going to be a good competition. And
2: then... um, Yeah, would you want to pair that with the vanilla or, I mean, the the
1: caramel or... We're going both. Mike got black and tan. We're doing black and tan. So, um, is this Mm -hmm. the ice cream? Yes. So if you guys want to describe the beer while I pour, go... go That's a damn good beer.
0: Uh very bitter, like a very dark chocolate bitter. Yeah. And like freshly cracked coffee beans. Like it actually tastes like a chocolate covered coffee bean. Yeah, it's, it's, this is I think that was, it was fantastic. Whoa, 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 whoa. My hands are getting sticky. <laughs> <laughs> God, this beer is actually not that dark.
1: No, it no. might actually just be a brown ale, and I might be wrong about the stuff part. I think it might be just be a brown ale that they threw coffee, and um, you definitely get a coffee smell. Yeah, it is actually really like light Well, light for what I consider like a dark beer But yeah, it's a nice brown color Get a bit of a coffee smell Ooh, that is a lovely coffee and chocolate beer Yeah, it is Yeah, you get a little bit of the coffee on the tail um, Nice sort of chocolate sweetness to keep it from being too bitter That is actually really well balanced It's almost
0: got like a spice to it Mm.
1: Indeed So the question is, how does it pair with With beer with ice cream. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, the beer pairs really well with beer, as all beers do. <laughs> oh, my God, that's smooth. That is it's very smooth. so yeah, smooth. It's like a
2: delicious milkshake.
1: That is like silk. Ah, hmm. uh, it takes all the bitterness out of it, but it's not overpoweringly sweet. I still get a little bit, like, a little bit of
0: that dark chocolateness.
1: Yeah, on the end, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um... Wow, both of these are really good. I'm gonna say t- t- kudos to you, Mike, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna yeah. pat myself in the back. These are yeah, really is... holy shit.
2: They're very different combinations with ice cream. Mm. Man,
1: this is oh difficult.
2: This is really difficult.
1: Bravo, man. Ooh. I'm gonna go back to the sculpting because I have yeah, some right. left. And man, Ooh. oh my Our- god, that hint of citrusy is really good too. It Fuck. Really is. I'm glad I don't decide the winner on this one. I really love them both. <sighs> oh, my God. Wow.
0: Yeah. I think All right, so. Mm. <sighs> oh, man. Mm.
1: Mother of pearl. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I know how I would lean, but that's a tough choice. That is like a 4.5 and a 4.6 next to each other. Like, my God. All right. I think I made up my mind, too, but. <laughs> you know if you tell Emily this, all she's gonna do is make grapefruit sculpt yeah, exactly. freaking floats all the time. Mm. Mm.
2: Going with Mike.
1: Oh wow. Mm. Interesting.
2: Just uh, it is like you said four point five to four point six, but I mm. think that's that, that sculp maybe it's because I do love sculpting, but that bitterness with with ice cream is such yeah. uh, that it just has a slight little bitterness tinge that tinge then there with the, with the ice cream that there's, there's something so delightful about that surprisingly um, good but it's like but 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 the, the 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 rob your beer was like it was a classic beautiful pairing mm. like what you would expect <sighs> it was I mean,
1: so silky smooth it was so silky oh smooth God. it was
2: like this was just like it was like heaven and it was as, as i expected it was like this is really really great <sighs> But I'm going with Mike because there was something just like a little intriguing about this. Like I didn't expect that. Like really, you're gonna go with a IPA with <laughs> ice cream? I all the props in the world. That was and, a and, gambit and, that worked out and, so and, well. And the sweetness and everything with the ice cream at first, when it first comes in your mouth, they are like, "This is good." Like, why is this good? Yeah. And then a little bit on that back end, there's that bitterness, and you're know, like, that just finishes it out, and you're like, "Ah." Well, it's, I think it's, it, it's like a song. It's like this beautiful cadence that just comes right at the right at the right moment.
1: There's just a kiss of of citrusy that that yeah. citrus grapefruit is just there so subtly, and I feel like with the ice cream pairing, of having that that chocolate in the in the caramel or whatever the other flavor is, mm-hmm. um, it, you're right. It's it's alluring. There's something mysterious about it where you're like, what is this? I don't. It does pull you out.
2: But I mean, yeah. I, I mean, maybe if I were to have this again tomorrow, I would go for you, Rob. But I mean, it's. Right now, I'm I'm all taken by the the mystery of
1: It's this IPA ice cream pairing. I can't I, I can't argue with you, Jesse, because they are both remarkable. My God! So you, which way, which way were you guys leaning?
0: I was leaning towards the Sculpin, just okay. because I mean it could have blown up in my face with the hobby beer, but yeah, there was just there's something about it. It just maybe it's just that grapefruit essence.
1: I feel like this is a little self centered to me, but I actually want the other way. Oh. Which is weird for me as a coffee person. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, the allure of it is having something that was a strong, bitter coffee that paired well with ice cream. And then the fact, the smoothness. Yeah, like that it was is just surprise. like silk going down your throat. And a lot of the other beer floats that I've had, they're always nice. Like I've done uh, vanilla ice cream with um, Samuel Smith's organic chocolate stout. Oh, yeah. And there's just a harsh, not harshness, might be too strong of a word, but there's a an off-puttingness of the of the the carbonation there the the bubbles just huh. when it gets all frothy was just not pleasant and i had a hard time just swallowing it It was too, too bitter on the back um but this is just like silk just kissing your throat with a nice flavor to it um so for me it was like hey i fucking hate these kinds of beer and this was delicious to me so yeah i was kind of shocked by that although i'm shocked by both of them to be honest because the grapefruit sculpting with ice cream I would have never figured it would have been a combination I was like you're mad but yeah, right. you apparently know what you're doing so but- I just had a
2: bowl of ice cream and <laughs> two milkshakes oh, nice. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> alright you guys owe me a couple of runs that I'm going to have to do this week <laughs> just to burn this off I biked over
1: here I'm biking back yeah. your mouth. <laughs> it's a block
2: away it doesn't count as a bike <laughs> I have been trick. biking back and forth the world. you did so like four helps. pedals
0: <laughs> it is pretty much all downhill from my house to your house <laughs> oh, man, oh, that was delicious. So. Oh, oh my good god, good idea.
1: Yeah, fuck yeah, man. I'm gonna have to take this home. And, uh, it's funny because we, uh, I feel like every time I see someone drinking uh, grapefruit sculpt, I'm like, go to Brandy's, buy barbecue, Guinness barbecue wings. You're gonna be, your mind is gonna be blown. Now I'm gonna say, every time I see someone drinking mm-hmm. a grapefruit sculpin, fucking go buy ice cream and put it in the freaking thing. Yeah, you won't believe me, but it's a maze balls. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they're not gonna believe me, but it is. It's a maze balls. Mm. Oh my god, they're both just ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, so good.
2: Anyway, we should get sponsored by a scorpion or something. <laughs> yeah, really. I would uh, love them. They don't even have to pay us
1: money. they can going to send us beer. Yeah.
2: yeah. Look, we'll just feature you in every episode somewhere. Exactly.
0: Especially since the grapefruit Sculpin is really hard to come by. Yeah. And I it's hear here
1: Emily's drinking like a six-pack a day now cuz she's yeah, got a case. Pretty at much. Home.
0: Yeah, it was it was a good score on that case cuz pretty much like um everybody's like wanting that beer. Like, we got, we got in a line. Like, I pretty much put my name in at the local beer distributor, and when they finally called me after, like, two weeks, I went in, and there was, like, a stack of cases of grapefruit Sculpin that they had gotten in for everybody that asked for them, pretty much. Nice. Um, I mean, Sculpin IPA
1: is a remarkably good beer, um, but if you're not a hop lover... It can be a bit much. And I feel like the grapefruit edition just sort of cuts the edge off a little bit in a way that makes it much more accessible to people who aren't necessarily huge hop heads. There's just an essence of that. And I'm not even like a huge grapefruit person. I know Emily like drinks five gallons a week of yeah. grapefruit juice, but uh, I find that really, really, really nice, especially in the summer. I don't know if I drink grape, grapefruit sculpin as much in the winter when it was colder, when I want just like a really solid all around IPA. But uh, it definitely, like right now, it's like all I crave, and it's so good.
0: Yeah, at first I was like kind of meh on the whole grapefruit thing. But like as I drink more and more of it, especially this case, like I feel like it is really, really good and actually very well balanced. And you're actually seeing a lot more grapefruit. Beers out there, it's apparently like the new thing. Like grapefruit pale ales, like uh, Springhouse has one. I'm yeah. wondering. And, I've seen them. Yeah. yeah, I'm wondering if it's that the some of the
1: more citrusy hops are becoming harder to find, so it's easy to put grapefruit into the beer could, as opposed to having to get these experimental hops that have um, a grapefruit taste signature to them.
0: It could be that. I also like. I see like a lot of like the the hop profiles of beers moving in that direction of just that citrusy grapefruity taste. Um, but nothing really seems to compare to the grapefruit sculpin so far. Like the, the Springhouse is like one of the better beers I've had from them.
1: Like right? I like it, okay. um, but it doesn't get them anywhere close to scul- yeah. the grapefruit sculpin. They uh, go
0: way way heavy on the grapefruit flavor. Yeah, it's, they definitely so. do. It's much
1: more because it's a pale ale, so you don't. I think the I think the the, the grapefruit sculpin is just an extremely well balanced where you get a little bit of citrus. Uh, you know, well, I should say you get a lot of citrus, a lot of hops, um, and then a little bit of a multi sweetness, and it's just an extremely well balanced drinkable beer for as strong and as as flavor potent as it is. Mm. And uh, you're right, the spring house is sort of like a it's a solid pale ale and then there's a lot of fucking grapefruit so you better goddamn love your grapefruit. But that's the spring house is they go big on the flavors. Right. You know, you're gonna drink the peanut butter stout, it's gonna be fucking peanut butter. Yeah, if you yeah. If you think you like, think that you that like something exactly you better like cream. it a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. And that is how they roll. Have you had the cores yet? Oh my god, they're good. The what? the cores core by ben and jerry oh, no. they make different uh core like you can get like one with the peanut butter core chocolate core caramel core yeah that's. that's i heard what that the
2: go. one guy from ben and jerry's i don't know if it's ben or jerry who uh he doesn't have the sense of smell and so t- because that's so you know necessary for tasting flavors that uh and that res- made them like make all their their ice cream particularly potent with flavor because okay. he can't um. taste anything otherwise
0: hmm. interesting I do love Ben & Jerry's. I mean, it's expensive as shit, but like, yeah. they really do pack a lot into that little tiny pint that you get. Oh, you want caramel and brownies and chocolate chip cookie dough in a vanilla ice cream? Sure,
1: we can do that yeah, what the hell. with yeah. pretzels. <laughs> you know?
0: Like, why not? So, American Dream or Late Dough Tonight, whatever uh-huh. Jimmy Fallon's one is. I, I enjoy American Dream. Oh, yeah, me too. No, There's chocolate covered pretzel pieces. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice.
2: I've never had it. Never had it either. I've, I'm, i either. I... I need more than just that little small little container of ice cream. I, I kind of I'm an obsessive person and I need to know that whatever I'm gonna have I can really obsess about and those small little things they just don't give me enough.
0: <laughs> That's mm. true. You you do find yourself eating like half of it in one sitting and then you yeah. feel really bad about yourself. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's like no, I I, <laughs> I need to have a very large container so when I do eat, what would be the equivalent of half of a Ben and Jerry's container, I'm not that upset with myself, you know.
1: See I lie to myself and I share it with the girlfriend and, and she then she takes I, two and bites and she the up whole eating most yeah. of it and then I'm like, Well although she's actually pretty aggressive at eating ice cream, so maybe it is only half, but uh yeah, there's a couple of nights where like we'll share like a half pint or whatever mm. and we're going through and she's like Like four or five bites. She's like, all right, I'm done. And I'm like, well, there's like seven bites left here. And they're like giant (laughs) bites where I'm like sucking on ice cream for 20 minutes. But uh, yeah, so that that helps too. It's like, well, I only had half because we both ate it. It's like, no, that's not actually what happened, (laughs) but I can lie to myself and I'm comfortable with that. Uh, Denial. It's not just a river in Egypt. (laughs) Anyway, that's it for today's show. We hope you enjoyed our beer and ice cream lessons as much as we did, because we certainly goddamn
2: enjoyed them. (laughs) Let's do it again next week.
1: (laughs) Next week, we are taking a short vacation, but we're not going to shortchange you, dear listener. No, no, no. We recently, uh, Jesse and I, were up at Joe Boys uh, Brew Pub and a barbecue joint while they were doing a collaboration beer. With uh, a brewer from Duke and a brewer from Heavy Seas, so they brought Baltimore area to like uh, to lititz technically. Um, so they made an awesome smoked IPA. And if you want to hear uh, our interviews with them and a little bit of uh, background noise on the brewing process, join us next week for our special sample episode of the Joe Boys trifecta collaboration beer. Uh, that's it for this week. So uh, thanks for listening, and of course keep on drinking beer floats
0: that's today's show for more information on today's podcast or to subscribe to the show visit www.blindtigerpodcast.com or look for us on iTunes send comments or questions to show at blindtigerpodcast.com to suggest or request a beer for beer versus beer or to ask a question for homebrew101 email show at blindtigerpodcast.com Thanks for listening and keep drinking.